So good evening all to the 63rd session of the weekly huddle. Uh, I'm your host Anoop and joining me today is my friend and co-host Praneet. We are cardiologists working at Care Hospital Banjara Hills. The huddle is an unscripted audience level interaction addressing clinical scenarios that we encounter in our daily clinical practice. We typically pick up a topic and or a clinical case like the one that we have today and we try to restrict our discussion around that particular case. The basic premise of the huddle is to bring our casual hallway discussions to a more organized platform like this one and share our ideas. While science and guidelines are welcome, with the huddle, we intend to help a physician translate established knowledge to clinical practice, taking local factors and practice patterns into account. This is not a speaker and audience model, rather a casual interaction which means any of the attendees can raise their hand or unmute themselves to give their input or ask any question. As a courtesy, you should wait for others to finish their thoughts before you unmute yourself. And uh, as this is our 63rd session, so which means we have done uh, more than 60 hourly discussions so far and more than uh, or approximately 45 of them are uploaded online. We also have a WhatsApp group where we do offline discussion of the topics that we have discussed. All those links I have shared in the chat box for uh, people who are joining us for the first time. You can look into those, those chat box and refer to those links. I have also shared today's case in the chat box for you guys to take a look at it as well. So as a format, I always start the case discussion by asking Praneet about his opinion and then we will go down the list of our attendees, ask individual opinion about how they would manage this case. So this patient, I saw him about a month ago. Uh, he's a 48 year old male. He works in a government a PSU sector where he had been working mostly a desk job. Uh, he goes for morning walk for about 10, 15 minutes, but that's about it. He doesn't have much exertion in his life. He's known hypertensive for six years. He takes a combo tablet of telmisartan and chlorthalidon, which keeps his blood pressure reasonably controlled. It just so happened that his colleague passed away recently with an acute MI, where uh, by the time he presented to the hospital, it was delayed onset and he could not be saved. He died of uh, uh, what you call electrical disturbance. Since then, he has been complaining of this atypical chest discomfort lasting for a few seconds and also has got an overall anxiety related to this event. He does not have any other symptoms. He's able to continue his daily work. He's also able to continue his morning uh, activity as well. So with all this concern, and this event happened approximately two, three months back. So finally, he decided to undergo a checkup and the so-called he picked up one of those master health checkup packages in the hospital. Uh, before this, he used to get routine, he used to get random uh, tests here and there, nothing systematic. So in the master health checkup, I'll just uh, make it very brief so that we go to the real meat of the talk. His basic laboratory findings, TSH, HbA1c, they were all normal. His ECG and echocardiogram, electrolytes, renal function, hemogram, all those were pretty normal. There was no any sign of uh, uh, severe LVH or anything of that sort. 
he also underwent TMT as a part of a treadmill test as a part of uh, uh, his master checkup. He went seven and a half minutes on TMT, reaching a MET of 10.1 and a target heart rate of 101%. At the peak stress or in recovery, there were no STT changes, but what, what was noticed was frequent premature ventricular contractions or PVCs towards the late part of stage three and peak exercise and peak stress, which initially started with uh, one beat every uh, third or fourth normal beat. But during early recovery phase, he was having far more frequent PVCs, almost like in a bigeminy pattern. And all of those PVCs, they settled after about five minutes of rest. He never had, <clears throat> excuse me, he never had VT or a sustained uh, PVCs. Morphological analysis suggested that there were two different morphologies of uh, PVCs. Uh, both were left bundle in um, morphology. So he didn't have any VT. He had mild chest discomfort towards the later part of his TMT, which got settled immediately after recovery. His blood pressure response for the TMT was normal. So he comes to me with this so-called concerning finding in the TMT. His rest of the labs are okay. And uh, the points that I want to discuss today, taking this case into account is, with this PVCs which were found on treadmill and not found on a baseline ECG, does this patient need ischemia workup? Is that, is that suggestive of coronary artery disease? That is one. Second, is this patient at higher risk for ventricular arrhythmia, the fact that he had got so many PVCs during exercise? Third question is, is his expected longevity lower than the age-matched peers, understanding that even if it is not ischemic TMT, it is abnormal TMT, it's not a normal treadmill response. And how we should manage these kind of patients, what kind of investigations we should do, and how do we handle this case or counseling for that matter. So this is a detailed analysis of this test. And I have a very quick follow-up of this patient as well. But before that, let us stick to our today's discussion. Uh, how should we read these induced exercise-induced PVCs in these patients who have got otherwise uh, unremarkable TMT? So Praneet, I'll, I'll start with your impression and then we will take uh, impression of our colleagues who are attending today. Yeah. Uh, good evening, Anup. Uh, so this case, uh, uh, firstly, I think he is uh, uh, he's anxious because of the association of uh, his colleague being positive recently. He's probably suffering with uh, thanatophobia, which was one of the topics which we discussed in one of our huddle sessions. And uh, to begin with, he does not have any <clears throat> cardiac issues. The chest pain or the chest discomfort that he is complaining looks atypical and uh, he underwent a master health check. And uh, so whenever we interpret uh, TMT, the first thing is um, looking at the pretest probability of he having coronary artery disease. <clears throat> so him, the pretest probability of coronary artery disease seems to be very low because he only has risk factor of coronary artery disease, sorry, only has risk factor of hypertension and uh, no other significant history and uh, relatively young guy. So probability of having CAD seems to be low. So interpretation of TMT also should be uh, interpreted based on that. Now coming to his uh, treadmill changes, uh, he had good exercise threshold. 
reach the target heart rate so the treadmill will be interpretable because of the uh, criteria that he met uh, when we talk about ischemia per se the importance being given is about the stt changes which are not there so the question of cad is ruled out <clears throat> now regarding the other findings which we had that is frequent um, pvcs which are of more than two, uh, two morphologies uh, uh pvcs uh, i believe do not um, indicate ischemia unless it is actually a vt which he did not have so frequent uh, vpcs for me um, does not ring a bell in terms of uh, ischemia so i would not be proceeding further in evaluating uh, his uh, presence of coronary artery disease or doing any other investigations so maybe from his um, i would reassure him that his risk of having any future heart attacks is less likely <clears throat> Now the interesting question is about his risk of ventricular arrhythmias, which could be equally one of the reasons of uh, probably sudden cardiac death. Again, a structurally normal heart uh, with uh, uh, VPC is only under ischemia, with his uh, <clears throat> profile uh, being a regular uh, or not uh, exercising or not uh, doing strenuous activity. Again, I believe his risk of having uh, future ventricular arrhythmias and so-called sudden cardiac deaths. also seems to be less likely <clears throat> so again from this end i would probably reassure him and uh, <clears throat> ask him to be okay and uh, need not worry about those uh, frequent vpcs <clears throat> regarding the expected longevity compared to the age match peers if i remember correctly what i read uh, is those pvcs in general uh, said to be carry an increasing uh, risk of mortality Uh, in the near future so i think if we have to answer as per textbook then his risk will be slightly high though at this point of time i would not be uh, discussing these things for him and uh, scare him out because he is already uh, scared and he is having the thanatophobia so i would not discuss these things <clears throat> and uh, regarding his management strategy i would essentially uh, reassure him and uh, do nothing more than uh, this uh, probably ask him to stop uh, doing any more investigations and uh, notice his symptoms and if he has any new symptoms or worsening symptoms then probably come for follow up but uh, most importantly i would uh, reassure him and uh, uh, send him home this is how i would uh, see this patient would you put him on any therapy at this point no no not on any therapy other than controlling his hypertension are you worried that he may be having some sort of cardiomyopathy which is causing these pvcs the probability seems to be less likely again he does not have any uh, symptoms uh, suggestive or the history suggestive so the i doesn't ring a bell to me i i do not think he will be having any cardiomyopathy because of uh, lack of family history or any other uh history is suggesting to investigate further maybe so i would at this point of time uh, take a gap reassure and if he has any frequent episodes of uh, these issues then probably i would uh, take it forward but at this point of time i will wait i would not uh, proceed further on any investigations all right okay pranith that's a decent or good starting point for us let us uh, move forward uh, praveen if i could get your thoughts on this case 
how do how do you see this abnormality is there something you will do differently than what uh, pranith discussed about uh, good evening sir uh, sir regarding this case uh, the whatever the vpcs that are occurring if this patient had uh, a chest pain uh, along with the vpcs and there are sct changes uh, the probability of ischemia would be given consideration but uh, you said that there were no sct changes only vpcs were there and if this vpcs have continued for a uh, duration of more than 5 minutes and then the probability of these vpcs causing cardiomyopathy can be considered but uh, for me the point of ischemia is not there sir and uh, regarding the management strategy i would add up a beta blocker because uh, he is Uh, he might be having anxiety because he lost his uh, colleague and uh, to relieve the anxiety and all the and uh, probably the beta blockers added uh, can reduce the vpc uh, burden if they are of concern so these would be the points added sir and uh, regarding the risk of uh, ventricular arrhythmia if the patient is uh, having any sensations of uh, the palpitations uh, in the next follow up if the patient is having any uh, history of uh, the symptoms of palpitations i would uh, quantify the burden and uh, then take his uh, the risk of the ventricular arrhythmia perfect thank you so much praveen and uh, what i read from you is that you would be more inclined towards starting him on beta blocker at this time and uh, if there is any symptoms later on then you would do a burden assessment with a holter or what not and then you will try and see what all is uh, what all is going on yes is that right yeah yes, my sir. question my question to you is the same as what i had for pranit are you thinking of any cardiomyopathy in this patient something which is too too nas in the nascent stage for it to cause any lv dysfunction but enough to cause uh, these pvcs my question but basically my question is like stress induced pvc is not normal or exercise induced pvc is not normal so the question is are we thinking is it a myocardial problem or is it a or is it a electrical problem or you think it is it is not a problem at all you think this this could be just a normal finding Uh, sir, uh, considering the triggering factor, if we consider the triggering factor to be the what you call the recent loss of his colleague, and that is causing the what you call the symptoms, the atypical chest pain, this uh, phobia of uh, uh, death, uh, then it could be an electrical problem, sir, rather than that of a myocardial problem. So, I would think in that facet. All right, perfect, good. Uh, let me. ask uh, more opinion dr dr vijay reddy we have sir you joined us last time if you could unmute yourself and share your thoughts about this case how do you see it and if there is anything different that you would do thank you very much dr anup uh, my take on this this guy is 40 year old 48 year old and um, hypertension on um, is I mean, angiotensin 2 receptor blockers and his tmt is showing exercise induced vpcs which is persistence persisting during recovery up to 3 minutes so 
VPCs occurring only during exercise are mostly benign, but VPCs extending are occurring only during exercise. They should be viewed with caution. That is number one. And the second aspect is, as you said, the morphology of the PPCs is LVB type. So the origin, the source is most probably from the RV. And uh, we cannot rule out the anxiety component in this case because the patient is uh, thinking that he lost one of his uh, close friend at the very young age due to MI and uh, VT. So that uh, compounded his uh, agony. And the uh, thing is, the VPCs which we are getting in this, uh, they cannot be viewed in a, as a benign condition. He should undergo Holter and our extended Holter uh, to quantify the burden, whether it is more than 10% uh, or not. And uh, based on this report, we should uh, treat the patient. I, my, I will start him straight away because he is getting frequent VPCs, the Lounge grade 3A. So I think he, he needs beta blocker. Okay, sir, one question, and it's a premature question, but because uh, since you are talking about beta blocker, I thought I'll just ask, is there a role of antiarrhythmic in these cases if the PVC burden is high? See, usually when the VPC burden is usually better to give only beta blockers rather than these antiarrhythmic drugs because of the uh, adverse events with the... Uh, Beta blocker is reasonably safe. Okay, thank you so much, sir. Uh, we'll continue our discussion. I will invite my other colleagues for their opinion. Let me see. We have got Dr. Mallikarjun with us. Dr. Mallikarjun, if you could, if you can hear me, could you please unmute yourself and share your thoughts regarding the case that we are discussing today? Dr. Mallikarjun, could you please unmute yourself? Okay, maybe he's not able to hear me. Do we have Prashant here or did he leave? Prashant, Prashant, Prashant. Okay, Prashant, we don't have. Dr. Saket, could you please unmute yourself and share your thoughts about this case, exercise-induced PVCs? Yeah, hello. Am I audible? Yes, please go ahead. Uh, more or less, I agree with uh, uh, Dr. Praveen. More or less, my management would be in that terms only. I'd like to start beta blocker and then wait and watch. Maybe if uh, on follow-up, if there are, if patient is symptomatic, then I try to evaluate. Otherwise, probably only with uh, uh, add beta blocker and uh, see if there are any resting VPCs. If there are no resting VPCs, if NDC is not symptomatic, then uh, I'd leave a message. If he's symptomatic, then Holter and further, further evaluation. Saket, here is my question. This whole symptomatic business. So, you know, we have a patient who comes and says, I have got this chest discomfort, which lasts for one or two seconds. Could this be the symptom? Could this be what, what we often see in these patients who have 
a post pvc compensatory pause and that gives them kind of a pseudo palpitation kind of symptom which is often uh, described as chest discomfort do you think that that could be the symptom that we are talking about right now uh symptom because i mean it was more or less atypical pain non exertional yeah i mean uh, if uh, post vpc pause if that is considered as a symptom then if it is frequent then we can evaluate it further and uh, i mean yeah more or less uh, holter can can be offered if if this if it is persisting despite adding beta blocker okay all right uh, dr saket thank you for your opinion dr anil is there with us dr anil behra sir could you please can hear me could you please unmute yourself and share your thought about today's case dr anil okay maybe there is some uh, technical issue dr mallikarjun if you can hear me could you please unmute yourself okay dr santosh can you hear me if you can hear me could you please unmute yourself and share your thoughts regarding this case uh good evening sir uh, the vpc is uh, can you hear me sir yes we can hear you uh the vpc is uh, they are specifically which are seen during recovery has long been uh, uh thought to be the harbinger of uh, increased mortality uh, than those who are seen during the stress so if the patient has vpc uh, specifically during recovery phase i would like to investigate uh, in terms of uh, in, you know cardiac mri to look for uh, any you uh, know uh, cardiomyopathy changes not severe enough to cause any clinical symptoms now that's what i'll go about and in this case sir specifically i would like to uh, wait and watch uh, because uh, the vpc during stress are uh, thought to be of benign nature okay would you do any further investigation at this point or would you just let him go uh i'll let him go sir okay all right uh dr dr shrikar i can hear i i can read your comment on the chat box i invite you to please unmute yourself and share your thoughts and maybe put up your question the one that you put it in the chat box dr shrikar uh, good evening sir i would like to know whether there is an st segment depression variation between uh, peak and uh, recovery in the vpcs right so he didn't have any st segment uh, depression he had a up sloping very minor st changes which uh, we uh, did not consider it as significant so so he didn't have any ischemic st changes no uh, even then with polymorphic vpcs which are generally uncommon with uh, normal substrate there might be something pathological going on so i would like to investigate him further for ischemia or any underlying cardiomyopathy and how would you do that what would be your next step in this case so uh, though his chest pain is atypical with uh, polymorphic vpc i would like to get an um, uh, ct cag uh, to rule out any ischemic uh, etiology if ct cag comes out to be normal then probably an um, mr mr would uh, further give us an idea about if anything is pathological in the myocardium 
Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Uh, Dr. Uh, Srinivas Raju is with us. Sir, I hope you got the case. I know you joined a little bit late, but I hope you got the case that we are discussing. If you could share your thoughts about how would you manage this case, Dr. Srinivas? Yeah, Dr. Anup, I am somewhere outside, but uh, uh, if my voice is not clear, uh, sorry for that. I believe this patient has a good LV function. Yes, his LV function is good and your voice is also perfect. Okay. Yeah, in case of the LV function is good and the chest pain is atypical and if they're only upsloping ST depressions, probably we don't need to worry. But in case you are suspecting any cardiomyopathy or autonomic dysfunction, which is responsible for the PVCs, uh, or if you are suspecting a cardiomyopathy, you can do a cardiac MRI if there's suspicion of any RV outflow VPCs or if they are just uh, regular VPCs without any specific morphology, then uh, we would consider them as benign and probably we wouldn't uh, need to worry about it. Okay, all right. Dr. Sandeep is here with us. Dr. Sandeep, how would you manage this case? Your thoughts, next step of action? Good evening, Dr. Anup and all. Uh, my management is more or less the same. I would try to, uh, uh, for the symptoms, I would uh, I would not consider his symptoms uh, to be uh, uh, significant. So management-wise, I would try to assess the uh, VPC burden. I would go ahead with the 24-hour Holter monitoring and at the same time, try to evaluate for uh, the thyroid electrolytes and basic workup and magnesium levels and all. And uh, if I don't find anything significant, then I would, uh, and if there is a say, uh, VPC burden uh, or uh, less than 10%, I would try to start with a beta blocker, then follow him up uh, a couple of months later, again with a holter. Thank you so much, Sandeep. Uh, okay, so I we heard we heard lot of comments. Let me just try to summarize some of it, which is most of us we think that exercise exercise induced PVC is unlikely or less likely to be reflective of ischemia. We certainly would want to get the PVC burden a little bit. We had a little bit of difference in opinion in terms of few doctors suggesting we can leave him at at this few doctors suggesting that let us at least look at the burden and make some adjustments accordingly. We had few colleagues who suggested that we should give him upfront beta blocker and then see how things are. And there was some thought about uh, doing ischemia workup as well. The only thing which I would add is that this whole concept of polymorphic versus monomorphic, if we have two discrete morphologies of uh, ventricular ectopies, they can't be considered polymorphic. They are just two monomorphic uh, PVCs or VT for that matter. So if you get, uh, if let us say you have a patient who has VT, but has got two different morphology VT, that doesn't necessarily make it a polymorphic VT. That just means there are two different morphology VT. So in this particular case, where I when I said that there are two morphology PVC, uh, it should be interpreted as a two monomorphic PVC rather than a polymorphic PVC. Uh, so that is that is the only thing which I would uh, add there. 
everything else i think that uh, we discussed as part of what we would do in this case now i will give you a follow up information and then maybe we can ask uh, uh, same our attendees opinion about uh, what they would do so what i thought was these pvcs are not representative of ischemia i did not think this patient needed any kind of ischemia workup i do think that patient who gets exercise induced pvc they do have some sort of electrical myop electrical pathy if there is a term like that they do have electrical dysfunction and data also would suggest that patients who do have pvcs that tend to have higher mortality than there is matched peers now can we do something to reduce that mortality that part has not been very clear the early cas data and following that lot of other antiarrhythmic uh, data set which came and all of them pretty much showed that adding antiarrhythmic to reduce the pvc burden is not a good idea because it effectively increases mortality rather than reducing it how does beta blocker have a role in this that part is still not very clearly understood so having said that i reviewed his echocardiogram myself to make sure that there is no any cardiomyopathy that uh, is not reported on the echo and i was pretty much convinced that his echocardiogram was normal uh, the question of cardiac mri i kind of hold on to that i said that let us just first see what goes on i did put him on a 3 day holter monitoring why 3 day because i go for a digital holter and the digital holter patch has got a longevity of 3 days so might will just put a 3 day holter monitoring on this patient and i told him to maintain his normal activity as what he does and uh, just track his uh, symptoms so he came back with 3 day holter monitoring report and to answer sandeep your question his thyroid test was normal and all of his electrolytes were also normal i did not check magnesium levels but all other electrolytes were normal so he came back after a week with 3 days holter monitoring and his pvc burden on the holter was 21% it was primarily one morphology but there was that second morphology going on as well and this particular holter that i did is a two channel holter it's not a 12 channel holter so we do know that there is some pvc and we know that these are two different morphologies we know that one is dominant than the other one and we know that the overall burden is 21% till this point i have not put him on any drug therapy so pranith again i am going to come back to you now i have this additional information this was with me about 3 weeks ago and uh, how would you proceed with it now do you think you would do something differently at this point uh, and what medical management you will put him on yeah so 21% uh, pvc burden is something which is um, uh, quite uh, large uh, if we look at it uh, another question uh, that i would look at is how does this pvc uh, do damage to him so one about the risk of having any ventricular arrhythmias and the sudden cardiac death which he is worried about and any long term issues so isolated uh, pvcs uh, again probably do not uh, indicate ischemia or uh, issues and uh, isolated pvcs per se are uh, uh, not indicative of uh, uh, malignant arrhythmias and sudden cardiac death in my opinion and uh, i would uh, try to see ki why is he having probably he might have had some myocardial injury which is uh, getting irritated and producing the 
frequent ectopics. <clears throat> With this 21%, I would be more worried that he may end up having tachycardiomyopathy uh, in the future. So I would be more interested to control this PVCs to prevent him from developing this uh, tachycardia-induced cardiomyopathy issues. But per se, uh, whether it will cause any other damage, I'm not uh, certain. Um, but challenge equally is ki how do I prevent these things? Uh, whether the beta blockers will be helpful in um, reducing these issues is uh, something important. One thing probably I would uh, like to know from patient is, is he using any alternative medicines which can probably interfere? Some of those things could be uh, nasal drops or uh, intermittent use of uh, inhalers and probably some alternative medicine, homeopathy or Ayurveda, which might uh, uh, trigger these ectopics. Uh, the previous experience from one of the patients, uh, this is what I think. We poke him without any other strong reason. Getting VPCs is something which is quite unusual. So at this point of time, uh, uh, still I'm not very sure about uh, starting his uh, starting him on uh, any therapy. I would uh, maybe relook at uh, his history again, trying to find out any other cause of uh, VPCs, and uh, then if uh, say the VPC burden is still high, and if I don't have any other reason. And then as, a, as a, I would probably agree with the other speakers on starting him on a low-dose beta blocker and follow up about uh, reduction of his VPC burden in an attempt to prevent a future tachycardia-induced cardiomyopathy. Okay, so Pranit, uh, I like you asking question about alternative medicine. This I asked him first time when he came to me with this TMT report. At that time, he did say that he was using that homemade that uh, kadha or you know those uh, warm uh, liquid that people drink to prevent uh, COVID. This he had been doing for the past two, three months, uh, but uh, he told me he was not overdoing it. He was drinking it once a day and uh, he seemed to be pretty casual about it. I did tell him to stop that. That is the reason why I told him to stop for two, three days, uh, to not do anything for two, three days and then put on a holter so that I get a steady state of whatever I can. Uh, everything else, uh, I think what you mentioned is uh, pretty obvious. Uh, what you also mentioned is that there are a lot of unknowns in these kind of cases. The guidelines or the practice patterns, none of which are very clear in terms of how to manage these patients. So Dr. Vijay, if I may invite you to uh, get your opinion about this new information that we have about this patient, what would you do next? Dr. Vijay, if you could hear me, please unmute yourself. 21% VPC load is a very high PVC load. It can cause a severe LV dysfunction. So she should be treated and it should be evaluated further, though there are no ST segment changes because of the reasons of risk factors like hypertension and resting the recovery VPCs, I would like to evaluate for CAD and cardiomyopathy. So, sir, would you do an angiogram on him? Would you do a coronary evaluation on him? Yes, 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 definitely. Okay. Uh, because the, the TMT shows the aggravation of uh, VPCs during recovery. 
that is a very important finding in a patient who is a known hypertension although he is a very anxious individual i do give importance of for vpcs which are occurring in recovery period they are not benign that too with a 21% of vpc load which is very high definitely i will i will rule out coronary artery disease perfect thank you so much sir uh, praveen what would you do your thoughts on this case sir uh, considering the burden of 21 percentage uh, the i would uh, stick on to increasing the dosage of beta blockers uh, if uh, this was uh, recorded on the follow up and uh, uh, i would uh, correlate the pattern of the burden of uh, vpcs with that of the symptoms and when they are occurring if they are occurring during the night time uh, which is the usual uh, Uh, time the occurrence of the uh, anxiety and all that because uh, the during the night time and uh, the correlation of the vpc burden that is uh, seen on the holter with that of the symptoms whether the patient is feeling any uh, palpitations or not uh, that i would be correlating and uh, with this burden i would uh, go for a cardiac mri to see whether there is any myocardial damage and uh, and if patient uh, uh, is already kept on the beta blockers and it is seen follow up after two weeks i would uh, increase the dosage of beta blockers and uh, i would uh, work up uh, for the ischemia by doing an angiogram okay anybody else has got any other thoughts about how we would proceed this case the forum is open anybody has got any thoughts please feel free to share shrinivas sir yeah dr anup uh, i think uh, probably coronary evaluation can be done in a non invasive way if there's a high suspicion nothing wrong and beta blockers if they take care of the vpcs and having excluded uh, excess alcohol or uh, smoking habits uh, and any panic attacks if they are not responsible for the vpcs then uh, there's ne- definitely no role for amiodarone in a patient with good lv systolic function eric study has shown that uh, so if you want to rule out a coronary involvement then a non invasive coronary evaluation is a better choice than an invasive coronary angiogram and remotely on the follow up if there's any uh, early evidence of developing a cardiomyopathy then yes probably rf ablation is a therapy of choice and more so in a patient with an epicardial vpc is those patients with epicardial vpcs even with a lesser uh, incidence or a, a lesser percentage of vpc they go in for early cardiomyopathy as compared to an endocardial vpcs okay so one of the question asked was or point discussed was the distribution or the frequency so in his 3 day holter what i could notice is uh the time where he had pvcs most frequently were early morning somewhere between uh, i would say 6 o'clock uh, to maybe 8 o'clock 9 o'clock he had pvcs during the entire day but a lot of them were uh, early in the morning and uh, i could not correlate any specific symptoms with the degree of uh, uh, pvc that had to occur there were few bigeminis and trigeminis but there were no uh, or sorry there were there were few couplets and triplets but there were no vt as such so that is that is one information that uh, 
that was discussed. Okay. Anybody else has got any other thoughts about uh, this particular case that we are discussing? Anybody would do things differently? How about, how about thinking about sarcoidosis in this case? Is there anybody who is thinking that uh, this could be a sarcoid cardiomyopathy leading to rhythm disturbance or this is too early? Anyone? Pranit, what do you think? Could this be, could this be a representation of sarcoidosis? Possibility is uh, definitely there. And if we are thinking that this is abnormal and there is some issue going on, if we are thinking about a possible cardiomyopathy, then going in terms of evaluation of that uh, cardiomyopathy uh, from infective to inflammatory and whatnot, uh, get started, uh, starting from imaging of the chest, uh, looking for lymph nodes, to cardiac MRI, to PET CT, and whatnot. So this uh, is something, uh, once uh, the clinical suspicion is something, if it is high, we can look into it. Maybe some clues to start is looking at a basic ESR, or uh, maybe a C-reactive protein to begin with, probably may... Uh, give us a hint to warrant a further hunt for these inflammatory uh, pathologies. Uh, but I still am not very much convinced that there is some inflammatory pathology going in his heart. I believe uh, other uh, secondary causes, particularly that CADA or whatnot, uh, may be contributing to him. So maybe keep a close follow-up and then uh, uh, go more aggressive on him. Okay, all right. Uh, one question which is asked, I believe this is asked by you yourself, Praneet. Would non-selective beta blocker like propranolol prefer to cardioselective beta blocker in this patient? I don't know the answer. If anybody uh, knows this answer or has a preference, please uh, you can uh, speak up. And then Praveen wants to discuss about Eric's study that we will do towards the end if we have time. Uh, let me invite Somaraju, sir. Sir, you heard uh, the case. You heard whatever we have been discussing so far. If you could please share your thoughts about uh, things that we are missing or how you would do things differently. Uh, thank you, Anup, and uh, all of you. Uh, thanks, thank you very much for uh, uh, keeping me engaged and at this age and uh, asking me opinions, uh, which uh, may or may not matter sometimes. But I just want to share that... Uh, the VPC burden is such that uh, I agree with uh, most of the speakers who said you need to rule out coronary artery disease, you have to rule out uh, myocardial disease. And uh, having said that, uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, one thing about, uh, um, say, annual health checkup or executive health checkup, uh, the less we talk about it, the better. It's very improper and inadequate. And it's not properly done in most of the hospitals, as we know. And also, I also want to know the other whether he has any risk factors of family history of diabetes. What is his weight? What, what does he have any symptoms or signs, future suggestive of obstructive sleep apnea? And if you, what is his level of HbA1c? And uh, because even pre-diabetes uh, has significance, and uh, potassium value he said is normal. Then I just wanted to emphasize the importance of, uh, say, amongst risk factors for coronary artery disease. While we talk about the classic, uh, all the known factors we talk about, we ignore the psychosocial issues related to the, the workplace. 
what is the nature of his workplace what is his work what does he do and uh, does he have any uh, things related to say frustration in his work or say frustration by definition is not more work it is uh, responsibility but no authority uh, how is he with his manager or the boss and the workplace uh, psychosocial issues do matter and it is one of the major risk factors in the studies done uh, about risk factors in coronary artery disease and what are the risk factors for his uh, colleague uh, who died and uh, that has also give us some clue and i agree with uh, whatever anyone said about ruling out coronary artery disease uh, ct coronary calcium and uh, or even ct coronary without invasive angiogram and uh, something to do to load mri but most important issue is look at the person and his place of work nature of work and his uh, say uh, elements of depression and uh, ne- say uh, frustration in work and uh, all those things do matter and uh, his colleagues uh, cause of death is is risk factors and uh, what else thank you perfect sir thank you so much for uh, points that you raised i will try to see if i can uh, at least uh, bring out some of these so that we can uh, discuss a little bit more um you mentioned about uh, his work so i asked him in detail and in the first meet he works in a as i said in a public sector unit he said i am a auditor i audit my company's work that is what he said and uh, he said my work mostly entails me sitting on the desk and working with the computer and papers he didn't mention about uh, workplace stress but as i am quoting your line responsibility without authority i did not get such impression from him but certainly some work level stress is there the yeah, physical activity apart from exercise physical activity is weight after to sleep apnea features because he works uh, he, he is uh, he sits from morning to evening and uh, how much is physical activity lack of it is a significant risk factor also you have to keep it in mind right i think that what sir is referring is this new study which was saying that sitting is the new smoking where what we have uh, looked into is the um, the medical burden of sitting is often equated or may be considered even higher than the medical burden of smoking and that's how this whole concept comes this is particularly relevant in our current context where majority of our workforce is actually in a office where you are you are in a you are sitting while you are in the car commuting to the work then you come to the work you sit for the entire day and then back into the car back home and at home watching tv or talking to people so most of the time we are sitting and that has been equated to uh, increased uh, morbidity there is no doubts about it so this term is pretty relevant now that sitting is the new smoking and uh, as far as his uh, sleep apnea is concerned sir i did not test for it he to me it looked like like a normal built guy he didn't look to me as significantly obese i did not do any particular screening for obstructive sleep apnea which i typically do 
when i see a body physique which is supportive of sleep apnea having said that we do know that sleep apnea is present even in those patients where body habitus does not uh, speak up for obstructive sleep apnea having so uh, we should be far more vigilant towards it not only obese and people with short and fat neck are predisposed to obstructive sleep apnea even uh, a person with a relatively normal body habitus could have so i did not do a screening questionnaire which i typically do when i am suspecting in this particular patient because i was not suspecting much i did not do it risk factor for diabetes uh, he really other than his age and uh, maybe just a little bit of extra weight and sedentary lifestyle there wasn't much his a1c if i remember correctly was like 5.1 5.2 something like that it was it was too normal for me to even write it down in the note sheet that i have in front of me i did not write it down it was it was most likely perfectly normal uh his family history so his mother had diabetes which was diagnosed in her late 50s other than that there is nobody else in the family who is diabetic and there is no any family history of coronary artery disease or sudden cardiac death as to speak uh that's pretty much what i could add about uh, his personal life and uh as far as treatment treatment wise is concerned what i did with this patient so i did not believe that i need to do a ischemia workup on him after listening uh, everybody's opinion i'm thinking probably i should do a ischemia workup on him but i did not do i did do a cardiac mri on him to look for any cardiomyopathy and that cardiac mri came out normal i did put him on 50 mg of metoprolol to answer pranith's your question i put him on metoprolol i did not put him on propranolol i didn't have a reason to choose one versus another so i chose metoprolol 50 mg once a day and my intention is to continue this for about 6 to 8 weeks and then do a repeat holter at that time and see what is the pvc burden at that point of time and uh, since uh, most of the suggestion today was also to do a ischemia workup maybe next time when he comes i will put him i will subject him to a ct coronary as well so that is what that is what i had to uh, put up for this case once i have more follow up on this maybe next month i will share it on the whatsapp group about what happened with this particular patient okay any other questions comments thoughts about this case that we need to discuss if not then we can have praveen comment about his eric study yes shrinivas sir please you go ahead first yeah i think you have already completed your workup with an mri just like how we have suspects uh, sarcoidosis even arvd i think we should uh, keep it on mind when there are lot of vpc burden right so sir arvd was on top of my list but uh, his baseline ecg was normal and uh, because he had more than one morphology of pvc with the absolutely normal echo i was less suspicious of arvd but still it was in my mind sarcoidosis was not in my mind but i just put it up for today's discussion in case if we do want to think in that regard i did not do any investigations uh, pertaining to sarcoidosis i just did a cardiac mri to look for any signs of myocardial fibrosis based upon which i would have done further investigation but because mri came normal i did not uh, do anything else uh, praveen you had something to add Praveen, you have no, something. Uh, uh, just I want to make a comment regarding the Eric study, sir. Uh, the uh, 
uh, when you have posted the case i have uh, gone through the literature which uh, found to be relevant uh, the relation of the vpcs during recovery from a myocardial perfusion excess stress test uh, to the myocardial ischemia the subset study of the eric uh, the on uh, they have found that uh, almost all 20% of the patients had uh, vpcs during recovery and uh, they found it to be an independent risk factor only if there are uh, the vpcs during recovery are uh, significant and having sct changes and uh, when they have uh, analyzed the uh, patient profile they have seen that patients with the history of hypertension and uh, previous history of cabg Uh, age more than 65 years and uh, having triple vessel disease these patients were uh, uh, found to be having increased cardiovascular events so in the eric study avin i would suggest that whatever you have quoted if you could just share that link on our whatsapp group so yeah yes sir i would share that i already see that you have shared two pictures of the interheart study so uh, we will go through with that uh, at least okay Uh, any other uh, questions comments about uh, today's case before we close it okay all right i just want to ask few questions to somaraju sir because this is this is not that uncommon uh, scenario for us sir how many times have you sent patient for pvc ablation in your entire academic career not vt ablation but pvc ablation never never i never believed in it You never believed in it. Okay, that answers. And uh, again, well, uh, I, we uh, we all agree with uh, Praveen about the existing literature on uh, PVCs during exercise test and uh, PVCs uh, during recovery period. It is only uh, say uh, existing uh, so-called uncertainty of medicine. All of us are aware, but uh, each patient uh, has to be looked at differently. but i agree that we have to rule out coronary artery disease having ruled out leave it at that that's important perfect thank you sir uh, okay sorry i can't get your name your name i'm doctor says srl yeah please go ahead i am dr shankar <laughs> dr shankar sir your name comes as srl i don't know why srl i i am also surprised <laughs> okay please go ahead okay sir see why If the patient does not respond to the beta blockers or dihydropyridine uh, 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 channel calcium channel blockers, then uh, class one or class three antiarrhythmics uh, we should try. So before we go for the ablation, uh, what is the opinion of Dr. Somrajus? Non-responsive to beta blockers in the patient. All the and uh, uh, thank you, Shankar and uh, Anup. Uh, Uh, <clears throat> metoprolol <clears throat> is a, an exaggerated probability <clears throat> uh, in the medical literature and it's not available in uh, uk uh, they still use etanolol and uh, use some other beta blocker not metoprolol or if you give metoprolol 2550 mg are not enough give it uh, in very large doses uh that's what I, i feel we should do if you want to give a beta blocker and uh, i won't go for any anti arrhythmic drug in this in this patient uh, with the evidence available shankar sir 
you got okay, your, you got your answer thank you sir <laughs> yeah so yeah that that metoprolol dose i think that is also something in india that we should be discussing because uh, the average metoprolol dose which is uh, uh, used in most of the heart failure trial is about 200 mg per day and uh, if we look at uh, the overall meta analysis and somebody actually did this somebody actually did this analysis the reason why i remember this number is because i was asked this number i didn't know the answer now i know the average metoprolol in those meta analysis is 167 mg per day so that almost uh, turns out to be more than 75 mg twice daily so certainly before we call it as a beta blocker non responsive we should hit a stage where either we are not able to increase the beta blocker dose because of uh, low heart rate or blood pressure or because patient is not able to tolerate because of fatigability so that is uh, that is just one thing that i want to highlight in terms of the dosing regimen for the metoprolol the etinolol business i think that etinolol business one of the reason why people don't uh, like that much in the western world and i also don't like that much in india as well is because it is a hydrophilic molecule and uh, the major clearance mechanism for etinolol and sotalol those are the only two beta blockers which are hydrophilic and they get excreted via kidneys so these are the two beta blocker for which i have to watch their renal function one of the beauty of beta blocker is that i don't have to do lab analysis i can just do their hemodynamic parameter and i'll be okay except for etinolol and sotalol where i do have to look at their renal parameters and these drugs become particularly challenging towards the elderly uh, patient subset because there even with the normal creatinine their gfr is actually lower so i fear these patients may have accumulation of beta blocker leading to conduction disturbances and complete heart block so that is the reason why i particularly don't like etinolol and i know western world hates etinolol primarily for this reason and also for the business reason because etinolol is not heavily marketed in that part of the world so that is that is my idea about it but except etinolol and sotalol i am okay with any other beta blockers other um, unless someone has any particular res reservation for or against one okay so that was my rant towards it shankar sir you have any last comment before we no. the session so amongst the occult uh, heart diseases the lv non compaction also should be thought of uh, and uh, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy also should be thought of uh, amongst the occult cardiac diseases uh, like arvd and uh, sarcoidosis uh, tuberculosis or uh, myocarditis and dilated cardiomyopathy and others so this hocm and uh, lvnc also should be thought of so for that uh, we need cardiac mri only right perfectly sir i think that if a person has got clinically significant hcm typically between ecg and echocardiogram at least it gives away some hint which can later be confirmed on cardiac mri somebody can confirm uh, somebody can correct me if i am wrong but if any person has got hypertrophic cardiomyopathy it is highly unlikely for that person to have both ecg and echocardiogram normal one of them is going to show up something non compaction cardiomyopathy on the other hand at times can get missed with echocardiogram and ecg typically does not have a major signature of non compaction cardiomyopathy and i agree with you that these cases they should get a cardiac mri to be absolutely certain that they don't have non compaction cardiomyopathy okay any other final thoughts anybody before we close the session maybe 10 15 seconds somaraj sir 
uh, Anup, just wanted to thank you for keeping us engaged in these difficult times. And uh, uh, <clears throat> we are enjoying all this. Thank you. Thank you so much, sir. Those words mean a lot. This is, uh, we do this for our own pleasure. We, we love doing this. And we have committed ourselves now. Now it's like a now it's like a boat which has already left the harbor. Now we are not coming back. And uh, because of support from you, Shankar sir, and many others who have been uh, regular attendees of this session, I think that that gives us the force to uh, for us to continue. And uh, I will always remember what you said that even if I have half attendees, I will still continue the discussion. And I'm sure I will have half attendees between me and Pranit. Will always have at least half attendance. So thank you really for that support. We really need that, and we are appreciative of your presence here. Pranit, your closing comment on today's session? Yeah, no, uh, a very common uh, situation. PVC uh, is being seen on a regular ECG and also on treadmills. And how to deal? Uh, what do we do? Because we just pause for a moment. Uh, how do we go forward? But a lot of aspects have been discussed from coronary artery disease to uh, cardiomyopathy and starting therapy with uh, beta blocker, discussing on various beta blockers as well. Uh, I think uh, history uh, may, makes a key role, plays a key role here, as was highlighted by uh, BSR sir, asking about what he does and uh, occupation, stress levels and whatnot, uh, which might answer or give a clue to what is going on and uh, probably taking the opinion of our EP colleagues and starting therapy with the beta blockers, following it up and uh, based on the symptoms, uh, do the investigation and treat it. Uh, so definitely uh, a lot of uh, value points uh, got from this discussion today. Perfect. Thank you all for attending today's session. Uh, as I told that all of our sessions are recorded and you should be able to access those on uh, YouTube and podcast. Also, if you have not uh, signed up for our uh, WhatsApp group, please do that. There we discuss all the offline um, discussions uh, related to the topic that we are uh, uh, talking about. I thank all of you for participating and we will do this uh, next week as well, just like what we have been doing for the past more than a year. And as all of you know that we have switched from WebEx to Zoom. So if there is any feedback regarding this particular platform, please let me know. I will try to see how I can tune up from my end to make it a little bit better. Thank you all for attending. Good night. We'll see you next Wednesday. Thank you.